Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody once again to another Right Under the Influences spoken word slash open mic event. We're here again for another session of Poetic Therapy. So we're gonna go ahead and just jump right into things. But before I do so, I wanna just go quickly, go over the rules and regulations of the game. So first and foremost, when it is your turn to perform, please state your name and the alias that you would want to go by for the remainder of the show, the name of the piece, and if possible, the inspiration to why um, you chose the piece that you chose to do tonight. Secondly, these sessions are recorded. So if you wish to not be recorded during your performance, just let me know. I will pause the recording. And once your turn is up, I will turn the recording back on. Um, and biggest piece is also when it is the performer's turn, everybody else, mute your mics. We want to give the performer the time and the attention needed for them to get through their piece uh, without no interruptions. So with all that said and done, let's go ahead and start tonight's show. So first up will be me. I only have this one piece for tonight, uh, maybe throughout the show, I'll look through my list to see if I can find anything else that I had written previous. But for tonight, um, I have this piece here, if I can find exactly where I put it. Uh, the inspiration behind it, um, I don't know if I, um, if I really have uh, any rhyme or reason to why I wrote it. Um, I think I was just in the mood to write. So I just put something together. Um, I don't have a title for it, but here we go. Oh, actually, no, sorry. I lied to you guys. I do have a reason for why I wrote it. So I was actually trying to play around with two different thoughts. Um, I was playing around with the idea of depression. So obviously depression is like a, you know, some, something that can affect somebody mentally. But then it also has a definition of, you know, it's um, like it, it's a, a indent into a surface. So um, I took those two definitions and kind of like blended them together. So this is what I got out of it. I've been deeply impacted, leaving behind a depression, one unseen but truly felt, a natural occurrence, devastating, when transformative upon the surface, everything changes, reverting back to a original state, but only sometimes, a altering condition physically, it can be disguised, but only with time, easily recognized by a keen eye to save one before it's too late, possibly changing fate, a deep impact. It can leave a depression, one to which I can relate. And that's the end of that. I like this one a lot. Um, I think it's very relatable and explains how depression can be so unseen, but it the way it's felt is so strong that it's inexplainable. Um, and I think you did a good job here of 
explaining how it is unexplainable um, or inexplainable. So I like this one a lot. Yeah, I like the uh, the parallel between literal a literal depression and like a figurative like uh, mental type of depression. I I kind of latched onto that. Thought that was really cool and uh, expressing those things in different ways throughout the poem uh, it was really unique. I thought so. I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I also really liked it. Um, the uh, I liked the the use of uh, how it's like trans your language on like transformative on the surface, like you kind of literally just kind of change your whole surface to counteract what you're actually feeling. Um, and like what Tom said, the the um, part you're talking about like impact, uh, like the kind of like a depression in that sense too, like a physical one, uh, and also an impact on the inside of what you feel. Um, so yeah, I, that, that was really, really good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that I want to start working on, um, is just, I guess, making comparison poetry. I don't know if that's a thing, but that's what I want to start doing. Um, just bringing two different like, you know, taking one idea and just kind of breaking them down into two and then reforming it back again. So I'm going to I'm going to work on that and see what else I can, um, you know, put together. I mean, now that the weather around here is getting nicer, I can actually go out and look around. So, you know, be one with nature and my surroundings. So I'm going to go ahead and see what more I can pull from my surroundings. So, but thank you, though. All right, so next up, Kay, if you are ready, floor is all yours. I'm Kay, I'm Disruptive by Choice on Tumblr. Um, this is a journal entry prose that I wrote on the 13th, so that would be yesterday. Um, I, I feel like I have a lot of my traumas surfacing. It almost feels like there's this monster inside of me that's just like, picking its way out until it's like destroyed me so much that it finally leaves um, is the best way I can explain it. And so this is kind of what I was feeling, I guess. 4-13-2021. Whispering from the quiet parts of my mind, I hear the truth or what can only be the reasonable explanation for this tragedy. This isn't a normal one at that either. It's far more complex. I'd compare it to a lover, but as I, where the windows of the soul were open and tried. A war was had and I gave it everything, every part of me until I lost the person I was entirely. Like I became this different person, transforming into another human because all I could do was love, but it wasn't for me, it was to be against me. To never be okay because breathing was, the, was only for the concept of breathing, to stay alive but holding on to my breath to survive because the pain is that sickening. So I leave it to the monsters that I've kept hid inside and devoured over time. It hurts and feels like I'm being taken over by the haunting and a ghost appears for flashes at a time, like on a lens where a video is taken and you see just a ray of white, a passing of smoke or darkness and it flashes, only to leave quickly because the burden of understanding something like the paranormal within myself would darken the light I've held on to. It would mean there's something else that resides, that lives and has created a home in my mind as if it were theirs to claim. 
But then I've re I realized I'd given these monsters the life as they fed. I couldn't admit it. Rather, I didn't want to admit the reality of what I know. The belief that an inner being, another human could be inside of me and be so manipulative, so wrong and daunting, causing physical pains and sensations. They had me begging, pleading, screaming, to the point of threatening. Threatening myself with self-harm until the day I actually tried it. It relieved the craving to feel something that only I caused physically to myself, rather than what caused me physicalities I'd rather not get into. I no longer feel a desire to do this, maybe because now I know that pain is pain no matter how it plays out and it's just not worth blood that stains. What I find is the saddest part is that I'm still trying to cover up who this is really about, comparing it to a lover and a ghost that is both me at the same time, but isn't. Instead, it's exactly the way I've worded it in the literal sense, not just as a metaphorical lover, but a real one that now haunts my dream as the ghost that resides alongside me. And again, I think about typing his name, but that would be more damaging than just trying to forget, proceeding to pretend that it's me who's deserving of regret. Instead of just realizing the harshness of how parts of him became me and still caused disruption plainly. So I tell myself as if it were and has only been me this entire time, even still, because life continues to try me and try me again as if I'm standing on trial and he's said as the only participator in a jury dictating whether what I do is right or wrong or telling me to change or blatantly telling me I'm not a woman and I'll never amount. So I make the issue seem simplistic, shaming who I am instead of who I loved, but it was him and it has been all along. He maintains this monstrosity to the deepest parts of me and I still mask it, claiming it as a comparison to someone I once loved as if it weren't the truth, but misfortune knows it is. I call him, him, the him I neglect since letters of his name can't seem to find this page. I've dealt with this process through ways of retreat as I pull back tears and live presently, reminding myself constantly what it is I'm doing right this second, not a minute before what I will do later, at least I try to. It reminds me where I am, that I'm safe and that I'm here. It's the only way I know how to accept what is in a slower manner, where thoughts are lingering but not quite shoved to the surface because I have to do this quietly. I have to understand what is actually the disguise by acknowledging it, but brushing it away as imagination because it's easier that way and the rather is too much. So maybe emotionally numbing is called a crutch, but maybe it saved my life from where I could have gone. I won't lie, no more than I admit. I play dumb to myself and I literally mean myself now. It's not that I do this to be someone I'm not. It means I know my limits. I used to claim the limitless concept as my own, that no one could bring me down or hurt me, but I've been hurt and I'm still hurting. It doesn't mean I'm incapable or trying to be someone I'm not. It just means that sometimes being me is too much. I feel more than others, insanity's role takes its toll on me every day in a new way, and I find myself exhausted at 6 p.m. because I'm tired of pulling out the light within me that keeps me breathing, because without it, there is no air I want to breathe. Numbing might be a crutch, but it saves me slowly, quickly, and sometimes at a moment's notice from losing my light entirely. I think it's called faith, this feeling of having the courage to carry on when everything explains to me it's best to run. I want to, but I fight because if I don't fight, I lose it all. I lose my light. And that's the end. Honestly, I like that. Um, there was one piece, well, there was one part of that piece um, that I've, I really related to, um, the part where you're talking about the monsters within um, and the different monsters that um, you know, manifest themselves. Um, that's what I got out of that, you know, that part there in particular, because we all have, um, our demons and our monsters that we 
you know, we have to deal with um, sometimes privately and personally, and sometimes, you know, they, they find their way to the surfaces and we have to deal with them publicly. Um, but, you know, that the whole piece in itself, you know, is just, it read more like a diary uh, than anything else. Um, just like, you know, those parts of the movies where that the main characters having that little, that monologue, that's really what it, it felt like. Um, but, you know, it, it just goes to show that, you know, you, you're able to take what you feel and really express it in a way where it's relatable. And that's what I like about your pieces. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, uh, it was definitely it was definitely a piece from my my journal entry. Really, um, I haven't been able to write much lately, but I feel like as this continues to surface and I I allow it to, um, more writing will come of it. That's that's more personable and something I've been missing that I used to do all the time, which was just deep deep shit. So um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, I just want to say one of the things that I was struck by was, um, I mean, the whole, the whole uh, piece itself and and uh, the vibe and the message and everything really kind of it sucks you in. But the individual lines, um, there were a couple, and I, I probably you know would would butcher them if I try to say them, but certain ones about like uh, listening to the quiet parts of my mind and. Uh, his name is a word that can't reach the page, things like that. I was just really struck by a lot of those individual lines because I'm kind of a sucker for a lot of like poetic licensing. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was uh, very heartfelt, uh, very genuine, certainly. But um, yeah, thank you for sharing. Thanks for the feedback. Yeah, um, I really appreciate that you, you heard the lines too um because it is a giant piece but it also has just so much meaning in it so i'm glad you got that out of that as well thank you all right so with that being said dustin if you're ready man the floor is all yours uh yeah uh i am dustin or that poem guy on tumblr um the current one I'm going to read is called That Familiar Chime. Um, the backstory on it was uh, using Rideshare, basically. Uh, and I had recently used it to go to like a new job that I had to go into the office for um, before I did like the actual remote from home work. Uh, but using like a Lyft to get there or Uber, one of the two, I forget which one it was, but just hearing that chime go off on my phone, it kind of like sparked... Uh, some memories back when uh, just, I guess I was kind of going out and, you know, seeing different ladies here and there and just being safe and taking, you know, the, the, the ride share away home instead of trying to drive down or anything like that. So it just kind of made me think into that. So yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a little, little raunchy, but not too bad. <laughs> okay. It's called that familiar chime. I hear that familiar chime ordered and arriving. Now mental cues of yesterday's spoils coming and going as drunken debauchery started nights like these. From bar to club to your place or mine, 
falling back on primal senses as ice-cold water lubricated lips, nursing us back to health, quenching moans and screams from devoured flesh and flesh devouring, stretching limits of the body, putting each other to the test, as minutes turn to hours and hours turn to minutes until we hit again like a snooze button, then sleepless nights turn to sleepless mornings, and that familiar chime reminds us of the time to break our mental bliss, and then one of us departs, leaving in a stranger's car, smothered in the scent of sex. And that's the end. I like this one a lot. The title is just like alluring as it is, I think. Um, and then you go into the whole storyline and it just, it just is so good. I love this one. Um, it's got that it's got that little bit of risqueness that I enjoy from your poems um and it paints a picture in my head at least um and I, I love when poems can do that for me where I can just visualize it as if I'm watching a movie because it it really brings it to life so thank you thanks Kay <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like some of my poems can be kind of like read like a little mini movie sometimes because I really just kind of play through memories and try and put them into words and see what sticks. Yeah, I, I have to second that. And honestly, with you just saying that, I can actually see more of a vivid picture because it's like you're literally taking these memories and putting them onto paper, but they're reading them in a poetic way. So it, it actually makes a lot more sense now that you just said that. Yeah, it actually kind of uh, reads like like pulp, like a pulp novel or something. Uh, I like the idea of kind of being a night job and uh, the the things that can, you know, you can get into and kind of the a little bit, kind of a little bit of the underground there. But um, I, yeah, it was cool. I liked it. Thanks, guys. All right, so with that being said, Tom, if you're ready, the floor is all yours. All right, uh, let's see here. Um, uh, this is Tom, Doubting Thomas Five on Tumblr. So I've got a couple of poems, I guess, that are kind of short that I've written recently. And I guess the inspiration behind this particular poem and maybe a few like it, um, is I'm a fan, I've been reading a lot in this past year, I'm a fan of the Persian poet Rumi, which uh, if you have heard of him, if not, I, I encourage you to check him out. But um, he wrote in like the 12th or 13th century, I think, mostly in what's, what's now Iran, but uh, uh, they're very beautiful poems. There's, they're kind of unique and uh, they're just uh, some, you know, kind of a Zen quality to them. They have a lot to teach. He was kind of a religious figure also. But um, anyway, this is my attempt at writing something kind of like uh, Rumi. So it uh, it's meant to just sort of evoke a moment in time a little bit and also maybe have a, a slight, a little bit of wisdom in it as well, if possible. I wrote it today uh, sometime in the afternoon or the morning and so that's why I, I called it hump day. All right, here we go. Burnt muscle on the wing, noiseless fish on the banks, 
rain that aches with undulating passion, a world full of people and a half a pack of reds. The sage looked into my lost eyes and gently reminded me that it's just as hard to be dead as alive, having to keep still all the time. And that's it. That last line there, well, second to last line, um, having, uh, damn, I know I'm going to butcher it, but when you said something about it's harder to be dead than alive, that's a very interesting thought. I like that. Um, let me ask you a question since, um, now I, I don't know about everybody else, but I know for me, I haven't heard of this person there, but do you feel like um, with what you just did, do you think it was a good uh, representation of his work? Uh, maybe. I mean, I think it's it's probably a representation of being inspired by his work. Um, I think it probably has a lot of me and maybe more of me in it than him. But it's it should be. I mean, he writes a lot of fairly short poems. Um, sometimes there's a surrealist quality to them. I mean, I could never brag that I'm at, that I'm uh, as good or as uh, spiritually, you know, pious, obviously a figure. He was kind of a a pious figure, I guess you could say that. But anyway, uh, it's definitely inspired. Um, but there's a lot of me in it too. I try to tie in um, some of my uh, love for like Bukowski as well, who just sort of writes about everyday everyday shit basically. So um, I don't know, a little, little bit of both worlds, I guess. Yeah, because the only reason why I ask is I know some, well, at least for me, I know if any time I come across um, a piece that I really liked, um, after reading it a few times, I try to place myself within that mindset just to see if I can find the angle that they were trying to write from and kind of continue on. So that's why that's the reason why I asked that question. No, that's cool. I, I dig that. I mean, that's. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting uh, way to go about it. I mean, obviously, it's open for plenty of interpretation. I thought this was cool because so when I listen to some poetry and I, I have these visuals, it plays as if it's a movie for yours. It painted a picture um, as you went along. So like the sage and then it went to like the pack of marble reds half, you know, and then um, this like ghost figure yet kind of like floating from the person like when you ended the lines um and it, it was just like for me it was just painted in the most beautiful muted colors I don't know it was really interesting because I don't I don't know how to explain it really but that's what I saw and it was just like super cool so thank you well thank you yeah I, I, I appreciate that All right, so with that being said, um, next up is going to be Phil. I don't know if you are ready, if you if you have the time to go ahead and do what you gotta do, but go ahead, uh, go ahead and do what you do. All right, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, sorry if my voice sounds all muted, I have a mask on. I'm actually in a train right now. So a bunch of other people are gonna hear this too. So um, for my first one, I am just going to do 
what like I used to do when I was first doing poetry and I would just like not do a subject just like let my wife wander and uh, <clears throat> anyway here's the wanderings you tried to stay tough stay awake Phil open eyes isn't enough don't slip into bedtime story you made up a sip of water awake static fluff under the windows Still closes my lids down. Good kids, they don't frown. They're asleep too, without the gist. Nevertheless, bliss. This is a glass of nature's finest dreariness. The conquest of history is a mystery. Naked, it's his or her to be. Like a here-diver driving dead in deep seas that feels gutted and bled, but still fishy. For the right dish I was searching, found a hissing memory lurching. Fought a fight in slow motion communist rambling while gambling whether the fish species was flirting, swished around and spooked my mind's garden nook. Crazy crap, here's a look. The trap was <clears throat> a ripe apple, took a bite, and the night was shook. Now you're out of the garden, wandering about more far than you can see. Ice skates scattered, startled awake as your mind was splattered, whipped and battered, spread over unendorsed fears. The slathered cow is how you mattered. The fed and battered over childhood years. Dog yap, slap and mishap, misfired gray cell, sending my mind hell between reality's gap. Snap your senses, hopeless and defenseless. Clean from clean from the real from my sight, but strike contrite mind fences. Tears but you're awake. Smears on the cheek of the filthy lake. Make it all okay, because this is real, and tonight is still today. So display a smile that's never fake. It's okay, kids. Tomorrow will be daybreak. It's okay, kids, is a fib borrowed for sorrow's sake. Don't think like that. Stop, Phil. Though I know it's a twisting, nihilistic thrill. <clears throat> it's also a, a battle bashing its way uphill, but still, you're there for them. Their teeth for those outside the great divide. You're alive and you're humanely function. But remember, always see that your dreams can please yourself to walk aside. <clears throat> and that, that's the end. This was super cool. Um, I'm always super impressed by your poems and the way that you're able to just, just flow. Your flow is so good. Um, there were the lines in there where you started saying, it's okay, kid, um, or something along those lines. Um, and that tomorrow is, tonight is still today. I thought those were really cool lines and they stood out to me um, just because sometimes I'm so caught up in what is tomorrow that I forget I'm still living in tonight. And I've been really trying to live in the present moment and um, think that way. So I thought this was really cool in that aspect. Uh, we kind of cut up there, but thank you for what I assume was a super well thought out compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was really good, Phil. Uh, I, I really dug it. Um, I like the surrealism and I, I like how you prefaced it by kind of telling us that it was sort of like, uh, what's the term, kind of free association, only it had rhyming in it, which is pretty impressive uh, if you're going to do kind of like uh, a free verse type of thing, but I love the surreal aspect of it. Um, it reminded me a little bit. I don't know if you've ever listened to Captain Beefheart, but uh, kind of reminded me of of that kind of poetry. Um, 
always no okay i well something yeah i would definitely uh, check it uh, out I, I will though yeah for sure man thanks a lot yeah phil i mean you you, you just do it every single time like you, you're able to just take what's in your mind and just kind of like mixing all these different things like it's I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little envious because it's just the way that you're able to just put everything all together. It's, it's fucking brilliant. Like these pieces that you do come up with, how long on average do they typically take you to, to come up with this? Uh, yeah, uh, no, ones like that, like even, even if it's super long, like that, that was just kind of like, you know, vomited out like within like five i don't know like maybe like 15 minutes, 10 minutes but then like what i do like like especially like you know like the communist ones like i really like to make sure that they're not only like you know funny but also like packed with references historical references i try to get a bit of like political science in there and so uh those those ones usually take me like a little bit longer uh, sometimes I like I like come back to them after like days. I just want to add that I just want to add like that was very different for you, and it kind of took me off guard a little bit. And even just like your tone of voice and the way that you read that was different. And I know that you said that you were kind of going back to your old writing style, and I liked the difference there. It was it was very cool to. Here's something a little bit different from you. Yeah, it's also, it's weird reading for an audience like IRL that I'm like staring at right now. It's, it's odd, I've never done this before, so yeah. Phil's out there putting on a double show. I like it, I like it. All right, so with that being said, next up, Rich, if you are ready, floor is all yours. And Rich is not here. Okay, so going on to the next person. Ophidia, if you are ready, the floor is all yours. Not sure if... Uh, I don't know if I'm having any audio issues, but Ophidia, if you are ready, you can go ahead and um, perform your piece. Hey guys. Okay. So I can't stay super long tonight, but I did want to read this one piece just because I've like, I felt pretty excited about it because I've had a lot of really bad writer's block. I felt like this last month has been a really, a real challenge for my writing and today I wrote this piece today and for once I felt like it was decent if that makes sense I know you guys all understand we all get writer's block at some point but with that being said hi I'm Ophidia and you guys can find me on tumblr as saved in my drafts or this one will be posted on postcards to hell and that's just a separate blog I have for my longer pieces but this one is called black widow and here it is. I have this hourglass ticking in my dreams, but usually 
I can turn the clock back and try to switch up the routine. But these past few weeks, the sand changed red and the limits in an hourglass threatened me by a spider instead. And harsh with its grace, I less stress with the, goodness, I always mess that up, the intent because truly, am I the spider, the web, or the fly that's caught and bound? Because I see red and I feel thinly spread and I scream but make no sound. I spin these thoughts in this web inside my head. I bring myself down. I'm fragile and rip myself to shreds, unraveling and hanging by a fraying thread. This fraying web is also what I am. I feel the pressure of toxic weight and I try to hold myself together, but when the rain comes, I'm drenched in all this hate. I feel forsaken by the divine, a funny thing. I laugh and cry at the same time because maybe all along, I've been nothing more than a simple fly, catching myself in webs, blinding myself by the sun in the sky. I could be all three or I could be nothing at all, not a memory or even a picture on the wall because a fly, web, or black widow still isn't the worst of the haunts in my pillow. And that's the end. I like the end of that, how, the, how it goes to the spider web and then the whole analogies and all that. And then it goes down to the pillow at night where it's like all in your mind, except for you, then you used the metaphor that it was on your pillow. But that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. I definitely like how you ended that that piece there. Um, yeah, question for you. So I know for me, when, I, when I'm just getting out of writer's block, um, the first piece that I write, I typically feel iffy about it. So this piece that you wrote, was this the first piece that you wrote getting out of the writer's block that you felt like, okay, I'm good with this? No, actually. So I've been trying to, like, I've stayed writing consistently and I've been, I feel like I used to post on my blog like three, four times a day and it was no problem. Like it was just coming out. And I feel like this last month, I may be posting like every three days. I'm just like really just not having anything that I feel good about but I have stayed writing in my journal and I'll like scratch some shit out and all of this crap and it just nothing feels right I just feel so stuck not even just writer's block just life in general and for some reason today I wrote a I wrote a lot today I wrote a few different poems and I did have some inspiration and I don't know why that is but I mean writer's block is definitely a weird thing and um, actually I did, I forgot to mention before that um, the inspiration behind this piece, I've been having a lot of like weird, crazy dreams lately. And so this was kind of inspired by some dreams that I've been having. And I've been with that writer's block. I always try to go about things in a different way and take a different approach, but um, I feel like this last month, everything I've been trying, I just don't have the drive and let me know if anybody else is feeling this way. I just, I feel like a lot of times we all kind of get in the same loop, the same feel, we kind of sync up in some sort of way and we all tend to, to feel the same things. And 
but I don't know. I just, these crazy dreams, I just, because usually you guys know my writing style. I tend to write a lot about heartbreak and addiction. And so I try to go about this, I guess, a different, little bit of a different direction. And sometimes that'll get me out of my writer's block, but the same thing doesn't work every time, of course. But no, I have a lot of, a lot of writing that I have in my journal that I've been trying to get out of my writer's block. But I, I definitely agree with you, Jay, where, you know, my first piece trying to come out of writer's block, it's not that great. And sometimes it takes me a few tries. Sometimes it doesn't. But I don't know. Writer's block is just a weird thing, I guess. They say we used to be a hive-minded species. So that uh, all the individual people in the world used to think on, a, on, the, on the same wavelength or uh, plane. So then something happened and then everybody became uh, less mutual, I guess. We, we found more differences than likenesses. And then that's why we're, we're always combating everybody rather than just being a loving family, I guess, <laughs> way to say it. No, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, I've had that on my mind lately too. I feel like everybody is so divided and not necessarily that they're trying to be that way it's just kind of how things are right now and so I try I've been trying to also connect more into like the community my my friends my family specifically and you know the world's just kind of weird right now uh, I definitely I definitely get where both y'all are coming from so now nah. Definitely makes sense. Definitely makes sense. All right. So next up, Kaylee, if you are ready, floor is all yours. Hello. Um, so my name's Kaylee. I am poetic trauma on Tumblr. Uh, I have an older piece I'm currently accessing off of like my phone on my Google Docs, all of my like more current pieces are on my laptop and I'm like not in my house at the moment um but this is an older piece I can't quite remember how long ago I wrote it um some mild trigger warning there is mentions of like self-harm and suicide in this piece but it's called choking there is a sadness that is settled in my chest in my head Pulled me down and held me under a silence so heavy it could kill me i'm moving through molasses struggling to walk struggling to breathe every day i'm still alive is a day that means something i count less than five minutes from my house every single night debate if swallowing a bottle of tylenol will make me feel something again stare at my arms and wonder how they would look all torn apart by the edges of a razor blade every day i'm still alive is a day that means something but still another day that passes so slow, so quick that I wonder if it even means anything. And that's the end. I really related to this one. Um, I, I definitely agree that every day that I'm alive means something and the way you just, the, what you wrote really hit me hard. Um, I know that I too will look at my wrists and, and think the same, which is so 
disheartening. Um, but I'm alive and that means something. And I think that is so powerful and it just really, really drives the message that we're doing the best we can. Um, at least that's what I gathered from it. So thank you. Yeah. I, um, I don't know that, that piece just made me, made, it makes me think, um, just because like the, the realness in that, like, it's, it's always good to, to hear a piece and it gives you, well, it makes you like sit down and think and really evaluate what you just took in. Like, it's always good to get a different perspective from something, um, from somebody else's eyes. Um, so it, I definitely like that. I definitely like that. I didn't get to hear any of yeah, it. So I, I had think... to go do my laundry and I'm sorry. You're good. Um, I'm pretty sure I wrote this shortly after. Um, if I'm not mistaken, like if I'm like fairly confident because I can't see my last time I edited it. Um, or when I even created the document, but I'm pretty sure I wrote it right after, like, I lost my childhood dog last April, which will be coming up a year on the 25th of this month, um, which is a very, very hard time for me because this was my dog of 15 years that, like, it just, losing him the way we did, like, it was so sudden, we just got, like, three days was all I got of any sort of warning, any sort of anything with him. And so, like, this was the piece that came out of that because, like, I was just so down in my grief and my depression that, like, every day was just a struggle for me. And I think a lot of people around me didn't realize that. And I had to get it out of me somehow. And that was, like, this was my best method of getting it out of me. I, uh, I just like to say, I, I thought it was, um, it was very beautiful. Um, it was kind of haunting, but it obviously had a very personal, very real quality to it that I think was kind of gut-wrenching almost. Um, and yeah, I mean, thanks for sharing. I just, I enjoyed listening to it. Um, and I'm sorry to hear about your dog. I lost my dog about a month ago, so I can kind of understand how, how that might feel and everything. But uh, yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's always it's always hard to to lose someone or something that you love. So, um, you know, all, again, you know, my condolences and of course, you know, thank you for for sharing that. All right, so that concludes the end of round one. We will go ahead and kick off round two. So, once again, my name is Quiet Storm. And I do have a piece here. Um, it is incomplete. Um, I'm not really sure where I was going with this, um, but I believe that it was inspired from the news of the death of DMX, who I will have a piece for that later on. Um, but you know, he was one of the reasons why I actually started taking writing seriously. Um, so this was, I don't know, it just came out. 
So here it is. I don't I don't have a I don't have a title for this, but here we go. I write from a place of pain, finding shelter between the lines whenever it rains. My book holds many pages, some torn, some stained, while others are blank due to amazing graces. Time is precious, an unspoken covenant about it being limited, but full of substance. I'm in search of an understanding, the acceptance of forgiveness for all that has been misunderstood, a misdirection, indebted. I'm spending more than what I took in, resulting in a lack of education. And then that's the end of that. This one was really touching. Um, sorry for the noise. Um, I, I don't know. This one just felt different to me. Um, I could just hear the somber and and understand it to a different degree than than normal. I don't know how um, else to say it, but well done. Really, really good job. This one's one of my favorite of yours. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, he, you know, he was one of the one of the reasons why I took writing seriously, and it's because, like, him and I grew up differently, um, but we did have some similarities. And you know, he he showed me that it is okay to be open about the pain that you hold inside, um, because. It's better out than in because you keeping everything bottled in inside it, it it doesn't do anything for you. There's no you know it, there's no product productivity that will come out of that. So um, it's always good to just let things go. So you know I I tapped into a different um, a different bag so to say and pulled something out of that. So and that's pretty much what I pulled out of it. So. Yeah, I think you did a really good job with this. Uh, this was really, really well put together. Um, it, you know, it flowed. Uh, it just, it, you know, conveyed a really, really deep message in it. I, it really resonated with me as well. Thank you, thank you. All right, so with that being said, Kay, if you are ready, floor is all yours. I'm Kay, I'm Disruptive by Choice on Tumblr. Um, this is a piece that I posted probably back in 2019 in January, February-ish. Um, so I'm taking it back a little bit. And these are actually when I was writing short poems, well, like shorter poems than what I write now. Um, so this is a very short one for me, um, but I just felt like I wanted to share it. So it's called Strangers. I remember conversations with you. You talked of times you were blue in ways you would hurt people too. Hoping I could help you through. We talked and we talked, just sitting across. I told you things I used to do. You didn't even know me, yet secrets we spilled like a destiny meant to be. I felt more fulfilled. I sat and I reminisced with you and I knew you would make it through. Your words were pure, but I could tell how broken you were. I don't know why you shared with me, someone you didn't know, but I could see in front of me. 
There was beauty in what you said, each word, each syllable, each way that it just rolled off your tongue, as if you weren't easily read, but we were two strangers together in a conversation that was perfect for each other. It made me feel less alone in the moment, like maybe I'm not the only one broken, and that's the end. I like the ending on that one. I'm not the only one broken. Ah, I like that one. That definitely hit me. Definitely like that. I mean, the piece itself was good, but that that one line that okay, you always have those little one liners that be getting me, and that was definitely one of them. Thank you. Yes, I I feel like I suck at ending poems, so I like drop the mic for me. That's like thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. All right. So next up, I believe it is Dustin. So Dustin, if you are ready, floor is all yours. Hey, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah, I have another one I can read. I actually had something come up here soon. So I'm going to, this will be my last one for the evening. Um, but let's see here. Here it is. Um, so this one, I guess, kind of on the same lines of uh, the last one. Uh, my, I'm going into those risque poems again. Uh, this one's called Trimp to the Dentist. Uh, it was about, um, I guess, a girl in high school that would, she and I would kind of like hook up here now and then. Um, but I always kind of felt like that was, you know, I, she definitely deserved better than me. Uh, so, uh, and she always said she liked my smile. So it's called Trip to the Dentist. When she came by for business, I hadn't seen her in a while. Like a trip to the dentist, she said she misses my smile. I froze up like I always do, then grinned from ear to ear, said that I missed hers too, but didn't make it clear. A woman like her deserves more. I'm an open book with pages worn, missing beginnings, my endings poor, open to provisions, should, have, should the reader mourn. I haven't seen her in a while. Maybe she stopped smoking. Whiskey was always her style, even though she preferred choking. She was a woman, both body and essence, too good for the likes of me. And I, a man, thriving off her presence and relishing the glory. I should have let her know as distance fills the void. I'm sad to see her go, but she's better off left undestroyed. And that's the end. Damn, I like that line too. Better left undestroyed. Because you already know. You already know. You're going to fuck it all up. Might as well just leave her alone. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Exactly. Well put. <laughs> nah, sometimes, honestly, sometimes you just got to be honest with yourself. Like, you know what? I may not be a good fit for her situation. Might as well just watch from a distance. All right, so next up, Tom, if you are ready, floor is all yours. All right, well, uh, let's see. Um, I'm, I've got one, I'm gonna kind of go out on a limb here. Um, and I'm not sure, I wasn't sure if I wanted to read it because I was just kind of nervous, but uh, I guess on the subject of uh, things like mental health and whatnot, I'll 
just get something off my chest, but um, I've been kind of depressed the last couple of days. And I guess one of the reasons is because I went on a bender this past weekend and uh, I uh, drank from Thursday night to Monday night, which if you know me, uh, you're, I'm not supposed to do that. Um, so nobody knows about it, but you guys, but it feels good to tell somebody. Um, anyway, I wrote, I also like hip hop. Um, and I uh, also was kind of saddened to hear about DMX. Um, also a big, big fan. So I kind of wanted to write something that was kind of in that vein. So this is kind of a, it's a rhyming poem, or I guess you could call it like a rap or whatever. Um, but I'm I'm a little anxious about it because it's 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 going to be kind of hard to read, um, so I probably won't be able to do it justice. But and uh, it's a little rambunctious, but it's not a literal poem. It's, it's sort of a figurative poem. Um, so uh, anyway, here it goes. It's called uh, "Burn the Suburbs Down." I had a dream that I was wicked, that I almost broke the blood, that I broke it off in heaven when they tried to steal my mud. For 29 straight seasons, I've watched the flowers grow into 29 straight reasons for putting on a show. We said, let's go to your house. We'll jet just like a moon pie. We'll learn our place, the human race addicted to the Wi-Fi. Somebody shouted Judas when the last of us got clean. I swear they must've knew us if they knew just what I'd seen. I saw the laser taggers dripping off a drop. They ran with those tea baggers going home to Ma and Pop. In 2009, I was doing mighty fine. In 2011, I almost talked to Kevin. So brace for impact, put your seat back till we hit the ground. Just thinking of our first kiss when we burned the suburbs down. Cradled to dominion by my heart, it sure is sloppy. Lifting off with coal and cough, cut an extra copy. Branded as a lover in the eyes of those that blink going undercover just beneath the kitchen sink. When all was said, the streets ran red with head off for the bridegroom. He grabbed his coat and cleared his throat and jetted to the bride's room. I used to talk without a lisp. I used to run with dogs, he said. I used to eat my waffle crisp and play with Lincoln Logs, he said. But it's okay, it's just another day when mother's crowning. Stillborn dead, I see the head, the face is always frowning. So grab a mask and keep the task force busy on the evening news. I'm blowing out the candles and dancing in my evening shoes, dancing in the gravy while we run from town to town. I was just a little baby when they burned the suburbs down. I went home to hike an empty mile inside the dust of a woman's smile and breathe the air and cough up bile and put the mat along the tile. Dudes and ladies, let's begin the progress that we stand to win. Our only chance is looking thin, so cut the crest along the fin. I had a dream that I was wicked, that I fucked my brother's wife, and we both went off to Arlington to start another life. When I awoke, I found myself alone without my crown. So I put the blade inside the jade and burned the suburbs down. That's it. I like that. I definitely like that. It was, it was um, like... The, Definitely like the, the the rhyme scheme in that. Like the rhyming was good. I liked that. It was in like the way that it was delivered. Um, you definitely felt. Um, I don't know. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, Tom. Like tonight's, it it's it sounds like a different you tonight. Um, and also just on a side note, there you know what I'm saying. Like you know, you're you're not alone in this, Tom. So you know, don't ever feel like. You know, you you can't come to either one of us 
if you need, you know, to vent or whatever the case may be. I mean, you're, you're not alone in this. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a little rambunctious, but uh, it's meant to be a party song really more than anything. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I like this one too. It had a fast pace to it that I enjoyed and it painted a picture of a party scene for me. Um, you know, and I just remember when people would, you know, steal each other's drugs or steal my drugs. Most of the time I was handing them out though. I don't, <laughs> I was, I was just like, here, have some. Um, but it, it definitely took me back to some of those times and it, it made me realize that I like that was that was before it got really bad for me um were the good times that I can even claim as good times um it just ended in like the worst hell I can think of um and but it's not but I can still look back and remember the good too because it was a part of my life. And if I just think of my entire past, you know, these last seven years that I had spent like doing drugs and partying and, and stuff like that, if I forget all those, then I think I forget a huge part of me and how I got to the place where I am. So this just really made me reflect and kind of remember that it's okay to think of the good times that I had during, you know, my party times, because they all weren't that, they all weren't that bad. It just ended in hell. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. All right. So, Phil, you are up next. So if you are ready, floor is all yours. All right. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm just walking home. Just find somewhere to oh, pull over. All right. Um, by the way, everybody, really good job. Uh, tonight, sorry, I've been able uh, to respond. I've just been uh, okay. Anyway, um, okay. So, um, oh, also, Tom, I was gonna say, very, very, very good poem. Very, very nice delivery. Also, I felt the whole chaos party vibe, totally. And you're also very brave for sharing that kind of stuff with us. Okay, um, for my poem, my poem is about one of our dogs that we used to, um, like, when, when, I, when I first met this dog, uh, uh, she, she is my nephew and niece's dog, and they're living in BC, and she had, like, uh, like you know, they, they kind of lived in, like, a trailer park, and, uh, you know, she was, like, outside all the time, and uh, there was, like, a bunch of tall grass where they were living, and, like, these huge trees, and there was tons of squirrels and birds, and the tall grass would... Would hide this this dog is a uh a, a chihuahua weenie mix and so um uh she 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 was always like she was a good hunter she was always bringing us back dead squirrels and birds that she had killed you know some of these things were like in bc they get pretty huge these things were like her size you know and she was just like murdering them and stuff and she was a little killer and then uh when when she came here uh um when and now that they're living with us you know every day she gets she gets pets and stuff and she just kind of lies in the sun we take her for walks um you know it's a lot more uh pleasurable relaxed life for her but so you know i i 
this this poem is about uh yeah just about that <clears throat> okay this is called when we were young and oh and her name was dub by the way uh or you know different we call her all sorts of variations of that but anyway <clears throat> this is called when we were young and dub in grass she roamed a fast snap before a pitiful groan no mercy shown young dub give him heck sprung like a shrub bounce on your grub's neck in blood rub your face without disgrace make one course of the corpse a gore type wet rip and tear dripping teeth scare red mask you wear you bask in ruin and with heaven pair but now no more prowling no more fan facing the rain with only scowling these lazy days are lazy fair <clears throat> come flop in the sun teach yourself to beach with your belly up some birds died but the spills are dried and all the dubbing is already done happiness didn't come too soon through the night through the night shone a bright white moon for when she rests in mother earth's womb there shall be a pink bow on this ravenous doublus's tomb and that is the end of that i like this i, I like this 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 was um like it was it was very like i like the the descriptive like the imagery i like like i like how you were able to put all this together here it was pretty good and actually phil yeah thanks i i kind of i wanted to uh kind of make it like uh Sir walter scott's like lock and bar but uh so in that kind of like medievally like ballad type tale singing singing the tale of this ferocious dog Yeah, Phil, I, I thought it was a very uh, loving tribute and um, almost like an ode. Had a lot of um, great imagery. And uh, yeah, it was, it was just really good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. It, I, I, I did like that. Yeah, Tom, I, you, you pretty much said exactly what I wanted to say. That's the word I was looking for. I just couldn't, it couldn't come to mind. But now nah, that's, that's definitely what it was. It was a, it was a great tribute to that. Um, all right. So I believe I skipped over one person last, the last round. Um, Tim, I don't know if you wanted to go if you have anything but if you have something to share with us tonight you can go ahead and do your thing man or unless you're just here to listen in no i'm here uh, oh yeah just... yeah i got you buddy yeah yeah go ahead do your thing man awesome give me just a second i'm getting to my poems right meow Yeah, because like I had sent you a message in the in the in the chat, but you didn't respond, so I, I took that you're as good. no, you're you good, man. Right, I never saw it. Oh um, yeah. so I got this one poem called The Pixels. It's kind of long, but it kind of goes over uh thoughts and things like that and how they're kind of formed 
but it starts off as our concepts, the idea of possession, a transparency, the film of creation, a reaction, the result, an understanding. Existence is this, in which through phrase, our answer, the clarity of words, limiting language, our experience to be a reflection, <laughs> our experience to be a reflection of a form of being, a result of what can only be peace, products of chaos, by a definition, an indefinite comparison, to be independent of context as dependent through thought. These perceptions, a cognitive freedom, a cerebral prison, their system of law. We are an illustration, a mirror, a dimension, only one form of their mm -hmm. impulsive symmetry. The beginning, our reality, a circuitry of sound, an end, the boundary for one, a line from light. Then beyond it, the absence, an exception to energy, and not in its own form, silence. Yet here, more than there, the memory of a forgetting and a death for instead of life, the eternity, a present, a present form, one moment, love over truth or consequently lies, neither capable to win either with trust, home, where a bent mind, a broken body, or definitive planets that they could not bear, realms and worlds, dimensions, would have only allowed a person to believe in them and prevents anyone from ever to becoming beyond their science or much less their religion. And that's the end of it. It's kind of long. Wow, that was that was really good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I just uh, kind of absorb it all in. There was a lot there, but uh, what, uh, what were you thinking of, I guess, when you decided to write, write that down? I was kind of curious. How the mind is, so you had the brain and then you have the body, but then you have the mind and the, the, the different perceptions of what a soul is or what consciousness is. And I think that whenever I was writing that, I was trying to locate the mind and I came up with the cerebral prison, which is the brain. And basically the circuitry of sound is the brain is a physical shape of sound. And it processes creation, which was sound and light. And basically that's kind of how I got the poem written. Nice. Nice, yeah. It's it's cool, man. It was very uh, Cartesian. Right. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was different, but it a good different because I I I I really enjoyed that. Like you, you, you were definitely able to portray your your perspective on this, and I liked it. Um, because I found it to be a very interesting topic. Even some of the words that you said, the words that you described, um, the the subject matter that you were talking about, like I I, I like that because it it it. I mean, like I said before, like I, I like pieces that give perspective on things. Um, right. And you definitely did that. So I I fuck with it. I like that. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Thank you.
All right. So, Kaylee, I'm not sure if you are ready, but if you are, the floor is all yours. Okay. Um. Hello. So, give me like literally two seconds. I was in the middle of feeding my dogs and then I realized my entire desk chair is covered in laundry because it has become the chair of my room where all laundry goes to die because I don't fold it ever. Okay. Okay. Um, so, hi, my name's Kaylee. Um, I'm Poetic Trauma on Tumblr. Um, I wrote this poem. Uh, about a month and a half ago, I was going through a very rocky part of my relationship. And I wrote this poem in response to it because I genuinely thought it's the time that my relationship of three years is going to end. Um, and it's part of my song poetry series. And it is titled Angels Like You. Maybe it was the right time, but life got in the way. Tangled and messy, it made a wreck of the life we so carefully built. Tore apart the bonds and love that, once a wildfire, soon fizzled into embers. And I don't know how to tell you these things without panic filling my veins. The security and comfort of this love being the only thing that keeps me going. But I know it in my bones that this won't last much longer. I've tricked myself into thinking this love could be salvaged. We could make it out of the storm unscathed. But the grief, the guilt is far too great. It's an anchor threatening to drown us both if we don't find a way to get free. And I wish nothing but the best for you. You're the best I've ever had. And I know you'll make someone else just as happy as you've made me. But our love once so great has died. And if we're not careful, we'll go with it. That's the end. Ooh, I like how you ended that. Yeah, that was awesome. Damn, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, the, the piece was good, but nah, Kaylee, you, you definitely hit me with that one. That was a really good way to just tie it all up together. Yeah, it's alternatively titled A Goodbye Letter. Um, it was going to be... It was going to be really depressing, but I was going to like hand that to my boyfriend as like a, this is it for us because it genuinely felt like our relationship was just falling apart at the seams. And that was my response to it. And I just like, I love him with all my heart, but I don't, I don't want us to end up being in a, like a loveless relationship. And so that's what it felt like it was turning into. It's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better since then, but yeah, that's, like that last line was really supposed to be the meant, like the hit at home. I don't want us to end up holding each other back. Like this is only going to end up killing us in the end if we stay in a relationship like this. So I'm glad that got portrayed. Like I'm glad that came across. No, you definitely definitely did a good job with that one. But no, I mean, you're definitely right because sometimes you, you just got to know when to step away from relationships before they be they turn into loveless relationships. Um, but you know what? I think I'm going to use that as a topic on a future episode of the roundtable because I have a lot of 
things I want to discuss when it comes to the topic of relationships. So, Kaylee, I hope if you're free that night so on the Sunday, hopefully you'll be able to join that because I like to see. Usually, you. depending on the time, the latest I'm ever at work is like seven. So, if it's like after seven p.m. my time, I am free and I will gladly join in on something like that. Good because it starts seven thirty. Um, Sundays, Eastern Standard Time. So I'm not sure where where you are, but that would be 6:30 my time. So I could just do kind of like how I do it here. Oh yeah, like where I just hop in for 30 minutes. I like keep it playing in my back pocket, so like everybody at work's looking at me funny because I can hear you guys still because it doesn't mute. <laughs> so everybody's like, "What the fuck is that? Like, what's going on?" And I'm like, "Ah, that's my podcast. What's up, guys?" <laughs> I'm like you're not being recorded it's okay i'm on mute i'm just like there for moral support well then we'll we'll, we'll make it work don't worry we'll make it work all right so with that being said we will end the second round we will kick off the final round the last call the last rounds um so i will kick things off so this piece here um this is my, I guess, my tribute to um, DMX. Uh, shoot, I can't find it now. That's great. Um, like I said, it you know he he definitely uh, helped me be open with my feelings. So um, this is what I had written, you know, like within the first couple of minutes that I heard and you know that he had passed away and actually like it was actually like official so this is what came from that so here we go what was given to the world has now been taken away a presence that was so impactful has now been impacted in such a tragic way one who was placed in the industry to forge a legacy now leaves behind nothing but memories and stories that will continue to live on through choice words. A bark in the night will resonate more each day. It's dark and hell is hot. Through the flesh of his flesh and blood of his blood, all dogs go to heaven, but he will always be one of one. All out of the kennel will they come. And then there was X, the grand champ. One who rose from the Great Depression in succession, was he able to deliver hits with messages underlined with meaning. Deeply rooted in faith that no man was able to shake, but now in peace he is laid, cradled to the grave. Rest in power, DMX. And that's the end of that. Okay, I actually thought that was a very beautiful tribute poem. Um, I like, I actually have tears in my eyes listening to that. That was such a beautiful, like, like it's just so powerful because it's clear that like he has such an impact, and it's like to hear how his impact and how his legacy is going to continue to live on, because it will continue to live on through like spoken word and poetry and whatnot. Like that's it's just a very beautiful tribute poem. And like, I hope you get that like published somewhere. Like, please send that out. Please send that out. Work to get that published because that definitely deserves to be 
like that deserves the audience like it deserves a bigger audience most definitely yeah man that was uh that was really good um i thought it was just like dope as hell basically i mean everybody else has kind of already stated it but it was a great tribute and uh i like the imagery with uh weaving in you know some of the the lyrics or the song titles or the album titles and the usage of like the dog imagery and everything i thought was really dope um but yeah it was i agree you should definitely definitely keep that one around yeah thank you um yeah i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna see you know if i can get that out there i'm actually heading out to new york next month uh for my birthday so you know if i can find um one of the uh whatchamacallit the uh the uh, damn i can't think of the words but you know the the memorial sites or whatever um i'm gonna see if i can print that out and just leave it out there um or something i don't know i, I but I, I am definitely gonna try to you know get that out there so that way you know i can pay my respects uh but yeah i mean thank you though all right so with that being said tom if you are ready the floor is all yours uh okay um let's see here i guess um i will end the evening with uh something kind of more similar to what i first read tonight with another sort of brief one, but one that I kept around um, that I kind of liked, and it's a good one for kind of a late night. I don't know if uh, I, I may have read it before, but it was probably so long ago, so I don't I don't really remember. Looks like I wrote it a while ago, but yes, this is Tom, Doubting Thomas Five on Tumblr, and I'm going to read a poem called Night Noise. To be a downstairs saint in the time of the plague, lifted into submission by guilt on the shoulders of circumstance is a damn thing tonight. I've been thinking about God and all the night noise around him. The solemn moments between seltzer water and whisper porn, the joyless escapades in the throes of nuance, these things stand still. When the afternoon flower opens and the chemicals in the brain tighten, that's when you know you're human. I don't know the answer to the riddle on the wall of the house of salt. Perhaps it doesn't exist the way I see it. If you close your eyes and breathe, there's still a world around you. And that's the worst part of it all. Thank you. Yeah, I like that. Um, especially that that last line, like the the imagery that I got from that. 
uh, actually not even the imagery, but just the the feel that I got from that. Because you know, sometimes when you wish you could just escape from the whole world, um, you know, you close your eyes and you open it again, and you see like you're you're still in the nonsense that you're dealing with. Um, you know, that's the yeah. I like that. I definitely like that. Thank you. All right. So with that being said, Phil, I know you said you needed some time, but I'm not sure if you are back and ready yet. But if you are, floor is all yours. Okay. That is a crazy coincidence because I literally just stepped back now. Okay. Um, cool, cool. All right. So uh, everyone, um, my next poem. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. So this one, I, I want to go... Um, a little, a little Lovecraft, but like not so much crazy tentacle head people, more just um, um, almost like the 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 like religious culty like type of thing, like the secret death cult type thing. But I made it about. I recently got this weed. It's called Death Bubba, and it's like the very strong as the name suggests and um it's like it's like sitting on it's like there there's like because like i live in a bunch of in a house with a bunch of other weed smokers and it's like it was like sitting on top of theirs like the the raining the raining weed and it kind of looked like the the other weeds the other weed bags were like bowing to it and so um i decided to make a whole religious poem about it oh okay yeah <clears throat> this is called the realm of death baba in our basement shelf is a placement of weed wealth health for the soul floats from the smoky bomb hole it won't be long before it sneaks up without stealth he reeks stank so fresh we speak with the dank on our breath death baba sits and fits the peak of pitless depth. Baba hear us, we gather religiously. Baba see us, we smoke liberally. This is the church and we worship the death of the ego, ergo smoke Baba. Let the ritual begin because our spirits are hungry for heaven, unleavened ideas in the markets of mystery. Music is played, crush him up and crush your doubt. The rush is the love and fragrance about. Put him in the pipe. It's ripe for lights and powerful clouds. Shrouds of bubba in your lungs. Mouth busts out and coughs. Phased yet amazed with thoughts more soaring than raised. All praise to the best of death gods. And that is it. You know, the old me who was, you know, an avid pothead would have loved that um not to say that i don't like it I, I i still do like it but you know that that right there was a great omen not omen but a a, a great uh what's the word i'm looking for um like the, the like the 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 their inspiration behind it where you said that you know all the other you know bags of weeds would look like it was bowing down like that was just a great 
Um, uh, like I can't, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but this is like, you know, you're, 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 you're giving your thanks, like as if you're worshiping the the bag itself. Whatever word that is that I'm looking for, that's exactly what what I got out of that. Um, but not definitely, I think it was a, it was a really good piece, though. Yeah, thanks. I, I wanted to make it like uh, almost like a psalm, but like with like by like some like weird weed cult, weird Lovecraft cult. That's exactly what. I, yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> I think that unleavened ideas in the market of mystery was that was that in there? Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's probably like one of the best lines I've ever heard. So that was cool. Oh, thanks, man. That means a lot. Yeah, Phil, he's very he's very crafty and witty with his wordplay. So uh, definitely good piece overall. All right, so Timothy, if you have another piece, you can go ahead and do your thing, man. I do. This is called The Rabbit. We speak clumsily by, <laughs> clumsily by rabbit holes. Then we think of something to see as nothing more than a question. Reassured further to no longer see anything but just as a thought, and that the thought never existed, but as just a journey, but as just a dream from a place never meant to leave. That's the end of it. Did you say um, a thought or a dream that you were never meant to leave? Um, from a place never meant to leave. Okay. And that the thought never existed, but it's just a dream from a place never meant there to leave. I like that. I fucking like that. Damn, I like that. I fucking like that. Um. Yeah, I mean that that definitely um that hits that hits me there because you know sometimes when you're you're you know you're looking for that escape. And you know you you wish that you weren't where you are now, and you know thinking that you can just switch places. But sometimes you get to realize sometimes the grass is not greener on the other side. So that's what I that's what I got from that. That's what I got from that. So I like thank that. you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, life is a cruel mistress. That it is. That. It is. <laughs> All right, so Kaylee, the honor is all yours to go ahead and close out the show. Okay, this is actually an honor. I was even going to acknowledge, acknowledge that. I was gonna be like, oh my God, it's such an honor to actually get to close out the show. Um, so I don't know if any of you have been following music lately, but Taylor Swift recently re-released Fearless um, in her own image as a way to claim and take back her music that was stolen from her. And she released a song from the vault titled You All Over Me and had 15 year old me in an abusive relationship heard this song. 
that would have been the song I was listening to on repeat. So that is what this poem is titled after. And it is kind of the basis of what it's about. It is titled You All Over Me. Also, I apologize if my dog starts barking. She's kind of being a brat right now. I am terrified that not a day will pass that I don't think of you. Invading my bloodstream like poison, you intoxicate me in such a way that I forget how to breathe. You're a light in the dark and much like a moth to flame, I follow you to the end. It takes months before I am able to breathe without you near, reminding myself that I deserve better in the morning like some messed up mantra, repeating the words throughout the day whenever I run into something that nearly crumbles my resolve and makes me go running back to you. Time passes slower without you here and I take that time to remember who I once was. Go to coffee shops after school and write poems about the way my heart still aches for you. I delete all the old pictures of us together and spend the next few weeks forgetting the way your voice sounds over the phone. It takes seven months before the marks truly begin to fade from my skin. Hidden bruises left by gentle touches in the dark that burns when I think of them. I force myself to scrub my skin raw in the shower and contemplate drinking bleach to cleanse you from my system like some fucked up detox that never truly works. I watch parts of myself die in ways I never thought were possible. Fall apart at the seams and sew myself back together as someone new. A mosaic of late nights spent longing for you and days reminding myself that you were never good for me. Because you will always be a kaleidoscope of colors I can never truly see. And I, a masterpiece, you'll never learn to appreciate. And that's the end. I love the kaleidoscope of colors you'll never see. That was nice. It's a hidden Easter egg because I'm colorblind. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, nice. Nah, that that piece was deep, and I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, because the thing is, like, I, I I like I like seeing like I like when a topic is broken down, especially when it comes to like love and relationships. There's so many different sides and told so many different stories that a lot of people don't get to see or talk about because they want to keep like not necessarily like the purity of love but you know put keep that good image of it when in reality there's always two sides to to everything and a lot of people don't like to really touch base on the negative sides of love and relationships the the hurtful sides um so i definitely like your take on that. Yeah. yeah that, it that was, one. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Yeah. I was just going to say that one definitely got me deep in the feels. And uh, I, I've, I've never been uh, much of a Taylor Swift fan, but I get the whole, the whole vibe. Yeah. It's, um, it's clearly a song about like leaving somebody that wasn't good for you. Like that's what you all over me is clearly about. And I really like it because it's a lot of like slower instrumentals. Like it's not like her traditional um, early country pop that she used to do where it was very heavy with the instrumentals. It's actually like slowed down and like tamer instrumentals. And that's why I really like the song. Cause like, it's just, I usually like music that's slowed down and has like just like guitar or piano or very basic instrumentals. I can't really handle music that's like, heavy instrumentals and like this song really struck with me because like I said 
it's clearly about somebody leaving a bad relationship and an abusive relationship. And that's definitely something 15 year old me could have used. No, I definitely, I, I, I need to go check that song out. Um, just because like, there's a lot of, a lot of depth and a lot of relatability in that. Um, just because, you know, it relationships and heartaches and all that stuff, it, it hits everybody differently. So, um, definitely would like to see, see that story there be told through, you know, her words and stuff like that. So I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. What's it, what's it called again? You all over me. I'm going to send it to the discord right now. Okay. Um, yeah. Of course, it's in my like top favorite songs. But yeah, I'll send it to the Discord right now. That way you guys can check it out. And I'll also be posting this on my, uh, like I'll be posting this on my Tumblr as well, like that poem itself. Yes, yes, please do, please do. All right. So with that being said, once again, thank you guys for coming out. Thank you guys for sharing. And thank you for being a part of our weekly poetry session, our therapeutic poetry. Um, so, you know, until we meet again, until next week, you guys have a good night. Be safe and I'll see you. You as well.